Welcome to Current Situation, your weekly political pulse. I'm your host, Joshua Gale, alongside South Carolina State House Representative Jordan Pace. Every week, our goal is to help you navigate the complex world of politics through a biblically conservative perspective. Before we begin, we'd like to hear a word from this week's sponsor. Hey, folks. Today, I want to introduce you to our friends at Net Positive Pool, Charleston, South Carolina's most trusted pool experts. Maintaining your pool in an optimal state can demand a significant amount of time from pool owners, which might delay you and your family from making the most of it. Using their professional pool services guarantees technicians with years of experience regulate the cleanliness and safety of your pool throughout the entire year. For all matters related to pool cleaning and repairs and upkeep, pool owners in Charleston, South Carolina and surrounding areas can place their trust in Net Positive Pools. For a custom pool and peace of mind, contact Net Positive Pools today. Today, our conversation will revolve around the critical issue of transparency in government-funded expenditure and how to steer clear from unproductive online debates. We'll delve into the importance of openness in public spending and exploring how it impacts our society and the economy here in South Carolina. Furthermore, we'll provide valuable insights on avoiding the pitfalls of non-constructive internet discourse, equipping you with strategies to engage in meaningful and respectful discussions. Jordan, good evening. How are you? Hey, Josh, I'm doing well. Uh, today was the first day uh, back in session of 2024. So I was like drinking through a fire hose, but wow. it's, uh, it's a, it's a good, it's a good thing. Yeah. Well, can you tell me, you know, just walk us through what that day looks like. Um, sure. I know I spoke with you early this morning uh, as you hit the road for Columbia and just kind of start there. What's, what's going through your mind on the way there? Um, what's it like? What's, what's, what are your thoughts? You know? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, the session, the, the legislature meets Tuesday, Wednesdays and, and Thursday or yeah, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, uh, about six months a year, January through the end of May, sometimes early June, depends how long the budget process rolls. Uh, and typically on Tuesdays, we start at noon. Um, Wednesdays will be 10 and, and Thursday will be 10 and we'll finish up fairly early. But we also have committee meetings. So today, but a very, very short session. Uh, I think it was like 15, 20 minutes, essentially just introducing bills that had been pre-filed. And then we broke up into committees. Uh, I'm on what's called the, the 3M committee. It's the medical, military, and municipal. So anything to do with those issues tend to wind up in our committee. Uh, we, there was a subcommittee meeting there, a couple uh, subcommittees for the budget, which has a bunch of different committees there. And that's really kind of where the the, the sausage is made, uh, you know, the, the process really that most people don't see unless you're physically there, uh, is in these committee meetings. So that's, uh, you know, get testimony from folks that either are for or against the bill, uh, members of the committee get to discuss whether they're for or against it. Amendments can happen to change the bills that come to the committee. And to give you a little idea too, like there are thousands of bills that have been filed by this point in this second year of a two year session we might get to a couple hundred of them. So the number of bills that, that we get to, even on the committee level, it's pretty small in the grand scheme of things. Awesome. I'm just imagining um, revisiting the, the state house in my mind, which it is open um, and you can call ahead and schedule tours and 
And, um, you know, we usually try to go, you know, we plan trips to the zoo in Columbia mm -hmm. and sometimes a couple times a year, we want to, you know, step by the state house. Um, yep. and, uh, I've actually seen where you sit. Mm -hmm. Um, I've actually thanked God for that position that you have there. And I've, I've prayed over, uh, your, your seat there and I see where the, the state Senate meets and, uh, pretty, truly incredible place. Um, it is a little overwhelming to just see what all transpires and, and like yeah, you said, so drinking be. from a fire hose. Yeah. Uh, and it's bills, uh, you know, our committee gets those generally those three issues, but once you get to the floor, it's, uh, it's kind of all over the place that uh, tomorrow will, uh, but something there's only two bills on the calendar and one of them's about, uh, certifying farmland for silver use, which is uh, it's, uh, it's not a good idea in my mind of how they want to go about that. And then another one is about, um, uh, I forgot what the other one is. There's only two bills on the calendar. We'll add a whole lot more. Uh, eventually, we'll get dozens at a time would be on the calendar for us to debate, yeah. discuss, and vote on. Uh, but what what we've been told to anticipate in this coming year is more uh, what some folks call economic development, uh, government-funded deals uh, is a more simple way to say it. Last year, we passed the biggest one in state history. Uh, Folks probably heard about the Scout Volkswagen uh, deal uh, that was developed in a very short amount of time and with not much tra transparency. Mm -hmm. uh, that transparency is not a, a, a positive word for a lot of folks in Columbia. The, the state government's not really set up to promote transparency. Uh, to give just a very, very short background on that, the state wound up spending uh, more than $1.3 billion dollars with a B uh, out of the budget, uh, out of the supplemental reserve part of the budget uh, to hand over to essentially Volkswagen. Volkswagen bought the rights to Scout Motors, which has been defunct, uh, like non-existent for several decades. And their plan is to build an electric vehicle plant, like electric trucks and bolts and uh, uh, SUVs under that Scout brand, which is majority owned by Volkswagen out of Germany. They want to build it in Columbia, uh, it's a little town called Blythewood. Well, economic development deals have been going on in South Carolina for a long time. I mean, all the way back to like BMW in the upstate. BMW got about $135 million in incentives. So essentially like tax rebates, property tax rebates. They said, look, we're going we're gonna to invest all this money, hire all these people, make sure we pay them you know, a certain amount or more. And if we do this, uh, you know, we want our, we would like our property taxes to be less for a certain amount of time. And so the state worked with the counties up in Sparta and Greenville to do that. And it's been fairly successful. They did something very similar to that in boat with Boeing and North Charleston after the, the Naval, um, base closed. And both of those circumstances, in the upstate BMW came in after all the, the cotton mills and stuff, the textile mills had closed. So the economy mm -hmm. was not good. Same thing with Boeing right after the recession, you know, uh, in that time period. Well, the, the Navy base closed and then the uh, 2008 you know, recession. What we're in now is very different. Uh, the economy, at least in South Carolina, is is humming. I mean, in Berkeley County, our, uh, our uh, unemployment. Yes, unemployment rate is less than 2%. And uh, we've got lots of openings. So 
to to hand all this money for uh, and out of that 1.3 billion 400 million was a cash grant just here here's 400 million in cash to scout Volkswagen to do with whatever they deem necessary to build taxpayer dollars yes uh the rest of it went to uh, two overpasses one for cars and trucks the other for rail uh, over the interstates to get to the site a couple hundred million went for soil stabilization essentially filling in wetlands which we'll get to that in a second but really what i want to talk about is the the transparency or the lack of transparency and this is what folks uh, we hope we'll pay attention to next time one of these uh, endeavors comes up when it was announced to us we had about we had nine days from the time we heard that something was coming and then we found out it was scout Volkswagen until we voted on it it was a very very quick process it on hit purpose. that committee we talked talked about committees it the uh-huh. the bill to spend this 1.3 billion hit committee uh, on a uh, Subcommittee, I think on a Tuesday evening, it hit full committee ways and means Wednesday morning, the, the Wednesday morning of the first day of the budget uh, debate. And then we, it came right to us that, you know, that day, uh, put ahead of the budget and actually kind of locked in to this procedural motion so that the only thing we could debate was this bill. And then we moved on to the budget. Very unusual. I asked the only question from the floor during, during the debate that day uh, about jurisdiction of the courts, like which court would have jurisdiction if it fails. It just really took everybody by surprise. When I asked uh, the Department of Commerce who worked this deal to see the agreement that they had worked out between Scout, Volkswagen, and the state, I was told no. Um, once it's voted on, it, until it's voted on, it's confidential. I was one of the people voting on it. That's why I asked. I work in commercial development. Like I'm used to reading these things. Later, I found out what I would have to do as, as a state rep, uh, like a representative to represent the people in South Carolina. I would have to physically go to the department of commerce, sign a non-disclosure agreement with them. And then I could physically look at the drafts of these agreements. They've got worked out, uh, there like i'm they're not allowed to send that out digitally uh but even to get to that point i would have to know that the agreement exists so it is not a transparent process no not at all yeah they told us there'd be all these jobs four thousand jobs maybe eight thousand jobs uh paying anywhere from fifty thousand to ninety thousand dollars depends what the job is what turns out once we actually got a hold of the agreement that was signed the 4,000 jobs is not what scout is responsible for the actual production facility the scout is building uh, they are responsible for 400 jobs uh, versus the 4,000 all the suppliers and companies around this they expect to bring in about 4,000 jobs to the to the site so that's not exactly what they told us, not exactly transparent. Uh, and then 10% of those jobs can be what they call badge jobs. So temp jobs, think like security guards, janitors, cafeteria workers, uh, that are not subject to the same pay scales. So in reality, we spent about half a million dollars of taxpayer money of cash, not rebates, not tax holidays or tax abatements, just out of the treasury per job 
uh, if you're looking at that 400 rather than the 4,000. So what could we do with that 1.3 billion in cash instead? A whole lot of other stuff. Um, how many schools could we build? Dozens. How many miles of road could we repave? Tens of thousands. Um, there, there was any number of things we could have done with that 1.3 billion. Shoot, just handing it out as grants to small businesses to grow the small businesses, which is we talked about it this morning, Josh. How many? Ninety-nine point nine percent of businesses in America are small mm -hmm. businesses. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, it's small we take family. all of our pointers and and all the the shine, so to speak goes around the, the Fortune 100s and how yep. we should follow suit with those organizations, which, you know, have the, the greatest turnover and all sorts of things, yet we're supposed mm -hmm. to try to follow suit with them when we represent the 99.9% .9 of small businesses. And, and, and the reality is, like, these big, big, giant corporate businesses, multinational businesses, and government just have a whole lot in common. I think that's why they get along so well mm -hmm. together. They're both huge. They're both inefficient. Uh, you know, they're, they're not dynamic versus a small business, uh, which can pivot and adjust as necessary, as long as they're, the government allows them to do so. Uh, we were told coming in, you know, this week, Hey, be on the lookout for more economic development deals. Uh, hopefully it won't be as disastrous as this one that was last year. Uh, these guys are uh, this whole scout thing. It passed. I voted against it repeatedly, uh, but it wound up passing both houses being signed, but they're already behind schedule. Like they started filling in wetlands before getting a permit from the uh, army Corps engineers. So who knows how many months to years, maybe that's put them behind schedule. Volkswagen, the parent company in, in Europe has already twice announced in the last year that they're slowing production of their electric vehicles in Europe. Mm -hmm. uh, Ford, has lost billions of dollars on their electric truck, the lightning. Mm -hmm. They shut their production down to a trickle of those because they were just sitting on lots forever. Right. So I, hopefully the future won't be as, as, as crazy. Uh, a couple of years ago, they had this deal with the Panthers uh, where the state gave the, the Panthers, uh, you know, the billionaire guy that owns the Panthers, tens of millions, hundreds of millions to, to build uh, a facility a practice facility in uh, York County, right over the, the South Carolina border. Mm -hmm. uh, he had gotten to a dispute with the local government there and just quit and then put it on the market. Actually, the, the day before we voted on that, that scout deal, uh, Tepper put, the owner of the Panthers, put that facility uh, up for sale. And that was half done. Um, all that money's gone down the drain. Wow. Taxpayer money. Wow. So, my hope is folks pay attention to this stuff when it comes out. Uh, follow, there's some organizations like South Carolina Policy Council is a pretty good one too that follows these these type of uh, deals and try to get the word out as much as possible. Uh, but pay attention. They're, they, we're spending this money uh, that could be going to other stuff. Uh, and until your representatives hear from you that, that you want something different, they're going to keep doing it. Uh, so pay attention. Wow. That's that's truly remarkable here, and and if we didn't we don't have political insiders, you know, we're, we're all at capacity. Mm -hmm. We're literally trying to be responsible with with our own finances, 
And right now it's been harder than ever to make that dollar stretch. Um, and so the hope is that we would just be so focused on what's happening in, in our little, you know, family units and our atomic mm -hmm. family units that we um, wouldn't give, you know, vision and, and, and an ear to what's going on here at the state level. Um, and, you know, thank you for helping us cut through that spin. And, and um, that is one of the promises we have on this podcast is as things are introduced to you at the state level and mm -hmm. uh, things to vote on economic development, that you're going to bring that to our attention. And if our listeners are paying attention, then they can hold their representatives count, uh, accountable for, right. you know, what, what truly, you know, can transpire that we don't just throw money at something that feels good right now, mm -hmm. but what are the implications for later? What are the implications that we're, you know, this is going to be, the first of a plea to begin industrializing everything. And, yeah. you know, all of our green spaces, our rivers, our roadways that are already, you know, jammed with traffic and, you know, places where our unemployment is already low and places where we may not even have the amount of people, but we're going to have to attract and have more people move here in order mm -hmm. to fulfill these jobs or that the local population we come to discover is not even qualified to take the jobs that are being presented to them. So right. how do we cut through that spin to decide that sounds great, mm -hmm. but it's not sustainable. So there's some biblical principles here uh, uh, where uh, one, like you were mentioned about the, the idea of kind of conservation, the, uh, that's early in Genesis where God charges Adam you know, to take dominion and, uh, depends on what your translation you're looking at. You might say subdue, uh, but take dominion over the earth, subdue the earth, kind of bring it to heal. But that that the bigger picture there is for not not for Adam to dominate the earth, like not for man to dominate the earth, but to care for. Uh, he lets Adam name the animals in the same way that we name our kids. Like we're not we don't own them, but we have responsibility for them. So there's that aspect of it. Their aspect is being good stewards and, and taking care of financially what we've been given. Uh, we see that repeated in the Bible too, over and over again, whether it's the, the parable of the talents or uh, pictures of the good kings in the Old Testament and the way that they steward uh, what, you know, what God had given, had given them. When the economy is... Uh, doing poorly, it might make sense to give it some medicine. And that's kind of what these economic development deals uh, can be. But if you take steroids, when you're like, if you take steroids, when you have the flu, it can help you get better. If you take steroids, when you're not sick, it's going to make you feel worse. Like it might make you feel good if you, for a few minutes. And it'll compromise uh, your immune system. But it'll compromise your immune system. Mm -hmm. It can, you know, do all kinds of bad long-term effects. Which, like you you mentioned a second ago, like a lot of these folks to come fill these jobs are coming from outside. Our roads are not built to keep up. Our school systems are not built to keep up. No matter how much money we throw at them, uh, I talked to a school architect a few a few weeks ago at a, at a groundbreaking, and he told me it doesn't matter how many hundreds of millions of dollars you know, they hand him to build these schools. You can only lay bricks on top of bricks so fast, mm -hmm. uh, and get permits so fast. No matter how much money the school district spend. Yeah. Uh, so that's, it's, it's artificially kind of juicing that 
and this is what led has led to a lot of this overgrowth in some areas. Yeah. And every week we can only cover so much. So stay, stay tuned, stay engaged to hear what's going on at the state house from our own political insider, uh, representative Jordan Pace. Um, you know, Jordan, I, um, you know, there's a quote and I won't say it probably correctly. I didn't write it down. Um, you know, one of the worst things that could happen is for a good man to do nothing. Um, mm. And so uh, we had a, a political vacancy um, here in our city council in my district. And I went on this political journey, um, just knowing that I was going to learn so much mm. and I was going to engage with my uh, community um, and thousands and thousands of neighbors. I was going to learn the process. Um, I was going to learn about city government. And then I was going to learn how I can help others in the future um, as a as a marketing um, consultant myself. And um, I learned a lot, but I but I went places and I spoke with people. And you know, I have people tell me all the time, "Oh wow, like I love what you have to say. I don't think we're so different after all." Um, and so there wasn't a level of divisiveness, but then all of a sudden at times you had people come in just to create divisiveness mm -hmm. uh, between people, because if they can divide us and put us into silos and, and to keep us separate and keep us to vote one way or the other, you know, and emotionally, emotionally charge us, then there's, there's victory for them in that. And, um, you know, there was people that I would come up against and, and I was really for people. I wasn't doing this for my health. I wasn't doing this for financial gain. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, um, and, uh, you know, I had, I had a, a pastor named Thomas Dixon that came up against me and, and tried to say that I was, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, right-wing extremist moms for Liberty supported, you know, all sorts of things, which was all gossip. It was mm -hmm. all lies. Um, and so rather than, you know, engaging him and, 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 and he is, that's, that's who he is. If you come to, to know who he is, um, he's associate pastor at a church, you know, I don't like gossip and I, and I know what the Bible says about gossip and lying. Um, mm -hmm. so I went over and I left a Google review for the church that he's an associate pastor for. And I warned people about gossip and lying. And if they wanted more of that, and so if somebody was willing to, um, allow that to come out of their mouth. What else are they allowing? Um, and, um, so, you know, we don't just always lay down, but one thing that we know that that doesn't work is trying to be a keyboard warrior and to engage with somebody in debate through Facebook or Instagram or Twitter and all these things. Um, there's no fruit in it, whether they're, uh, um, a political scholar, or they see themselves as being the smartest person in the room, or if they're a religious scholar, mm -hmm. um, had the revelation, you know, as we launched this podcast, had people come out of the woodwork, you know, to to confront and to share opinions and ideas from from both sides of the aisle, if we want to call it the aisle, from both sides. Some, you know, we had great conversations, and we could agree that things need to happen, and some of them felt hopeless that. Josh, we can never change the government. And some wanted to engage and say, um, you know, who are you? And to create more divisiveness and in, in terminology, things like that. And so I took the conversation privately and I had the, you know, which is the best thing you can do is take the conversation privately, take it off the, the platform. There's never any fruit that comes off of debating somebody because they don't want to seem less than. 
or mm. come off the wrong way. And they will, they already are putting themselves out there that they don't care how they look or how they, if, even if they seem silly, they're not going to back down. Take the conversation privately. But the revelation that I had came in John chapter four. And I realized this and all of a sudden I was like, holy cow, like this, this is a long chapter and a long conversation from Jesus here. Mm-hmm. And I realized Jesus's longest recorded conversation wasn't with religious scholars. It wasn't with the disciples. It was with a woman at a well. Mm-hmm. And he didn't even tell her everything that she wanted to hear That's about herself. Right. He told her quite the opposite. But his conversation and, and his, his encounter with her was so incredible that it changed mm-hmm. her life forever. And she told every single person that she knew about that encounter that she had with yep. Jesus. Yep. If we want to be imitators of God, Let's imitate Jesus in saying that, you know what, like, let's not in, engage in, in all of this religious debate to feed something that's inside of us that needs to be heard. Understanding that you are known by God and that you are seen and loved by God so much that he would give his one and only son for you as a sacrifice that you would have eternity with him in heaven. Understanding that having that level of maturity will keep you away from being a keyboard warrior mm-hmm. and showing a hurting world something that's not very attractive. And so and, this and, is that how not to take the bait for fruitless online debate is probably one of the greatest things that I could say. It, it, it it's, oh, yeah. there's bait. Somebody's going to bait you with a mm-hmm. condescending question or something like that. Don't take the bait. Spend but, your time and, with your family. Uh, yes. Spend your time with your family. Uh, spend your time with people in person. And, and uh, just to go back to what you're saying about the Samaritan woman, Jesus didn't in, in that conversation he had with her, he didn't tell her like his stuff that she wanted to hear. He, he didn't say, eh, it's okay that you're committing adultery, you know, serial adultery or, you know, the, all the things that she was doing wrong that she tried to dodge and weave and get away at, you know, get away from. He confronted her about it. He had that uncomfortable conversation with her. And it was wildly productive. It could not have gone better for her uh, to be confronted with that issue and for her to recognize it. So as somebody in elected office, it is much better. uh, Like we get a much better outcome if somebody were were to call me and say, hey, I, I disagree with you on this. Here's why I think this. Uh, what do you think? And let's have a discussion about that versus, uh, I mean, emails are good. Messages are good to let me know where you're, you know, what you think. I appreciate that. But if you actually want to have a discussion and maybe change the other person's mind, or at least give them another perspective to think about, have that either in person on the phone. Uh, it is really hard to read tone via text, whether it's an email or a a Facebook message or a, or a text message. Uh, and and tone's important you know, when when you have these kind of conversations. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree. That's a that's a profound thing that I I think people are starting to get uh, as yeah. we as we kind of work through. Uh, you know, I think when we were when we were growing up, it was instant messenger was the thing. But as we're kind of building technologically through Facebook and social media and Twitter and uh, podcasts, an audience. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there there's. As a society, I think we're starting to figure that out. At least I hope so. That yeah, yeah, in-person conversations are tend to be better. And you are wildly accessible. Um, I, as you mentioned, you have a commute to Columbia from mm-hmm. Berkeley County. Yep. Um, you're available then. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and you're available, you know, and you make yourself available and that, mm-hmm. and that's awesome. So, uh, you know, constituents know that your representatives should be and can be available to you and, and, and have good dialogue. We welcome great dialogue. And it's not that we're just looking for people to understand, you know, our political ideology and just come over with us as much as you can. That's not our goal. Our goal is to understand like what our role is as Christians to hold up everything that we're hearing to scripture. That's mm-hmm. it. Yep. That's it. It's not forcing our political ideology on people of what we think if, if everybody acted this way, if everybody acted the same way, we this would be the most boring planet. Mm-hmm. And we'd all look the same, dress the same, you know, all sorts of, you know, different things. It would be boring. And we all don't have the same behavioral tendencies. Yeah. So, you know, it's okay to figure out, but let's find the common ground. Let's find, and let's, let's have some rules of engagement and have constructive um, conversation. And I know that you're up for it. I know other state representatives are up for it as well. And we could all learn from one another and seeing from each other's different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, we're about it. Um, yeah. So Jordan, thank you for your time today. I know you're exhausted. It's been a long day. But today's been a lot of coffee. So uh, yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to getting some sleep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Jordan, for your time again today. Listeners, hit that subscribe button, whether you're on YouTube or on Spotify, Apple, wherever you are. Uh, let us know that you're engaging. Uh, again, send us your con- uh, your questions and you know topics that you'd like for us to discuss here. And uh, we you definitely want to hear more from Jordan. So Send that in. Um, we appreciate your support. We appreciate all the love, all the messages that we've received. Um, and, and um, you know, it's encouraging for us. This is a late night for us. Um, this is not for our health. <laughs> this is not for us to get a uh, audience, things like that. It, it is literally us feeling called to do something and, and inform you and engage you with what's actually going on on a state level and eventually and sometimes locally and sometimes we're going to talk about some national stuff if that you know piques your interest you know you'll hear from us at some point about that um but we want to try to respect your time respect jordan's time and i said thank you again for tuning in and uh have a great week